Welcome to this special mini-episode of Aquaman and Firestorm, the Fire and Water Podcast, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, the Irredeemable Shag, and I am flying solo this time, folks. I just wanted to take a moment to talk to you guys about a couple of recent issues of a miniseries called Doomsday Clock from DC Comics. If you're not familiar with it, it's a miniseries written by Jeff Johns and drawn by Gary Frank, and it's essentially the characters from Watchmen meeting the mainstream DC Universe characters. Issue number eight of Doomsday Clock came out a couple of months ago. Issue number nine of Doomsday Clock just came out this week uh, on Wednesday, March 6th. And both issues have some really big, important stuff going on for Firestorm. And I thought, you know what? I could do a quick little mini episode, share my thoughts. It could be timely, and uh, we could, you know, have some interaction, some dialogue going. Now, truthfully, I took some time and wrote out all of my thoughts over on my website, firestormfan.com. You can go out there and find the post on Doomsday Clock number eight and nine. And I thought, you know what? You people listen to podcasts and you people read comic books, which is sort of a visual medium. It's full of drawings. So you probably can't read. So I thought I would, <laughs> I would read uh, what I wrote over on Firestorm Fan here. So essentially, it's going to be the same information if you've, if you've already read it there. But if not, it's new to you. So, fair warning, this is going to contain spoilers for Doomsday Clock number 8 and 9. There were major Firestorm-related plots and revelations in these issues. I recommend you read the issues yourself before listening to this commentary. Now, for me personally, when I sat down to read these comics, uh, it was sort of a bit of a roller coaster of curiosity, and then discomfort, and then shock, and then horror, and then anger, and then cursing. Lots of cursing. And then finally, I sort of came to a place of calmness where I uh, I think I figured out how things are going to be okay for Firestorm. And that's what we're going to talk about here. Now, let me start by saying I realize this story isn't finished yet. These are issues 8 and 9. It's a 12-issue miniseries, so there's still more to go. Therefore, judging the overall story would be wrong. Uh, doing that before reading the ending is always a mistake. So instead, I'm providing my commentary in regards to Firestorm's activity in the story so far and providing some speculation on the future 
future direction of the Firestorm arc. All right, let's get into this. Doomsday Clock number eight. Just to give you a little bit of recap, uh, again, you really should read the issue yourself. It's got lots of Firestorm stuff in there. It's even got Posar, you know, Mikhail Arkadin, the, the Russian Firestorm, and now he looks like the awesome Elemental Firestorm costume design, which is great. So the short version of the plot is Ronnie Raymond decides, against Professor Stein's recommendation, to fly to Russia to confront those accusing Firestorm of being part of the Superman theory. Now, the Superman theory is this conspiracy theory that's starting to find some momentum that many superheroes were created as part of some secret government program. So, Firestorm flies to Russia, and while he's there, he ends up battling the people's heroes. And the nuclear man finds himself overwhelmed, and apparently he loses control of his powers. And when he does this, there's this giant sort of explosion, and this crowd of Russian citizens all around him, all of them are turned to glass statues. Yes, he has transmuted their flesh into glass. Later, Firestorm tries to use his power to reverse this glass transmutation. He tries to transform a, a small child who's made of glass now back to flesh. Superman shows up. He gives Firestorm a bit of a pep talk. Firestorm really, really pushes and pushes and pushes, and he does manage to transform the child from glass back to being a living human being. And later on, at the site of where all these glass Russian citizens were, the situation escalates again. The Russian tanks and soldiers attack and open fire on Superman and Firestorm. The collateral damage shatters several of the glass Russian citizens and presumably destroys any chance of reversing the process for those that were shattered. And at the end, Firestorm nearly loses control of his powers again, but he manages to calm down and regain his composure. Simultaneously, at the same location, the heroes discover that there's a massive amount of energy building, but Batman insists it's not coming from Firestorm. Finally, there's a massive explosion that rocks the area, and we see Ozymandias from The Watchmen, who's watching happily from a secure location. So, my reaction to Doomsday Clock number 8. Whoa, complete shock. How could this happen? Especially since Firestorm has never exhibited the ability to transmogrify organic flesh into anything else. He's never done that previously. Now, certainly there's been the occasional story where he's impacted something organic, but never anything on a scale like this. When I read Doomsday Clock number 8, I was pretty upset. It left me thinking that this story could cause really long-term damage to the character of Firestorm. If Firestorm really did turn all those people to glass, then how does he come back from this? He's responsible for the death of all of those glass people that were shattered by the bullets in the tanks. And yes, there is a redemptive arc where he turns the child back to human and tries to do the right thing, but still, so many people died. Firestorm would be responsible for involuntary manslaughter on a massive scale. It's such a terrible action that future writers simply won't be able to ignore these events. It's going to hang around the character's neck like an albatross until the next major reboot. I mean, think of characters forever changed by a storyline, like um, Hank Pym hitting his wife, or Speedball causing the destruction of an elementary school in Civil War, or Hawk becoming Monarch in Armageddon 2001. These stories forever change these characters, and these events hung around the characters like an albatross, impacting future stories for years. Now, our friend Dr. Ange recently wrote an interesting piece about the comic book Albatross over on his Supergirl blog, Comic Box Commentary. You should really check it out. Now, I do have some thoughts on what may have really happened where those people got turned into glass, but I'm saving that for just a little bit later. We'll get to that in a minute. Now, as I said, uh, issue number eight really bothered me, but I had no idea what was in store for me in Doomsday Clock number nine. So, Doomsday Clock number nine, as I said, just came out this week. Again, you really should read the issue itself. Lots of interesting stuff in there, especially about Dr. Manhattan. And 
And uh, so here, here's a quick recap. The general public have turned on Superman and their protest against the Man of Steel. Meanwhile, the explosion last issue has left Superman comatose. And the president of the United States puts out a statement condemning Superman's actions in defending Firestorm. Ronnie Raymond and Professor Stein awaken on a spaceship to discover they've been framed for the explosion at the end of issue eight. Now, the heroes of Earth believe the explosion was actually caused by a source on the planet Mars, and they're heading that way to confront whomever is responsible. Meanwhile, Batman reaffirms, at least to the reader, that Firestorm wasn't responsible for the explosion in Russia, but Batman also suggests that the heroes have been deceived into believing the answer is on Mars. Meanwhile, back in the spaceship, Professor Stein is really, really angry about being taken away from Earth, and him and Ronnie just continue to argue on just about everything. Then, on the surface of Mars, the heroes confront Dr. Manhattan, the character from Watchmen. And during the battle, Manhattan blasts Ronnie into some sort of mind escape. And we get two pages where Ronnie's walking around, and Dr. Manhattan's explaining the situation to him. They have been transported back in time seven years to when Firestorm was created at the Hudson Nuclear Power Plant. And we see Ronnie is there shortly before the explosion, and he now gets a chance, at least in this mindscape, to eavesdrop on Professor Stein. And this is what he hears Professor Stein say. Uh, He says, of course, I realize the risk involved. Yes, as you read in my latest report, I believe the more powerful the accident, the more powerful the end result. If you take the origins of the others into consideration and apply the same, I know how much trouble some of them have caused. That's why my search for this one has been exhaustive. His mother died years ago. He's talking about Ronnie Raymond here. His mother died years ago, and his relationship with his father is strained. He's desperate in need of a parental figure. Yet in some ways, he reminds me of my own son. I've groomed him well. He and I shall become one. What better way than to learn more about these metahumans than from the inside? So yes, what Ronnie is overhearing is that Professor Stein has manipulated this entire thing. Uh, Ronnie freaks out. He's yelling, no, no, it's a lie. Get out of my head. And he, he says this to Dr. Manhattan. Why would you show this to me? And Dr. Manhattan says, to simply prove my point, even hope decays. Then at the end of the issue, it does appear that Dr. Manhattan devastates all of Earth's heroes. And the back matter of the issue includes a memo from Professor Stein. I'll read that to you real briefly as well. It's uh, written to the Department of Metahuman Affairs. And it says, Mr. Secretary, I believe my son's death could have been prevented had this department and his agents existed back in his day. My son is why I created this department and why I dedicated my life to it. He's also why I'll risk my life for it. As you're aware, my studies have determined that approximately 1 in 1,000 Americans are metapositive, meaning they carry the metagene, a gene that remains a mystery to us. What we do know is that most metapositives will live out their lives, never realizing they are carriers. In those rare times that a metapositive is faced with a life-threatening event, the metagene will attempt to trigger and evolve. In most cases, the metapositive will not survive. But in a few rare cases, the metapositive will develop fantastic and amazing abilities, most often in correlation to the event, i.e. the more powerful the accident, the more powerful the metahuman. As a metahuman negative, my research can only take me so far. Rex Mason, Jack Ryder, Kirk Langston, and the others we've created and put into place have helped us make great leaps forward in our studies. Still, the metahuman community continues to grow at a rapid pace. Only a fraction of them are truly known to us anymore. Even fewer committed to us. I need to personally infiltrate their deepest groups and learn their darkest secrets so that I can protect this great nation. The best way I can do that is to become one of them, and I believe I found a way with Project Firestorm. I look forward to discussing more. With respects, Martin Stein, Director, Department of Metahuman Affairs. 
Whoa, that's crazy. So uh, my reaction to Doomsday Clock number nine started with, what the holy hell? And, uh, it, you know, and I thought issue eight was going to damage the legacy of Firestorm. So we get two pages that will change Firestorm forever. Maybe. So we're supposed to believe that Professor Martinstein secretly manipulated Ronnie Raymond and orchestrated the creation of Firestorm, and that the purpose of Firestorm was so Stein could infiltrate the collection of superheroes to learn their darkest secrets? Stein also had a previously unrevealed son, which we're left to assume died when his metagene activated? Those are some pretty big pills to swallow. Now, in 41 years of Firestorm comics, not once has there been a hint of Professor Stein being manipulative. This is a drastic and sudden departure from the Professor Stein we've known. He's always been a guiding force for Ronnie, and he's been shown to be a genuinely good person. Now, to be specific, this is technically the New 52 or Rebirth version of Professor Stein, which we don't really know all that well. Uh, And in the New 52, he was somewhat controlling about the Firestorm protocols, but let's be honest with ourselves. That's a story most people pretend never even happened. Now, I find it hard to believe that the New 52 or Rebirth version of Professor Stein is really that drastically different from the classic version. And if you want to be snarky, another way to look at this is the death of Professor Martin Stein's son led him to these reprehensible acts? Really? Because the internet needs another excuse to accuse Jeff Johns of daddy issues in his comics? Personally, I'm not buying into this origin retcon, and I'll explain why. So, where does the story go from here? Well, I'm hoping future issues will reveal Firestorm's activities both in present day and the newly revealed origin are essentially a Captain America Hill Hydra plot, meaning that Dr. Manhattan or Ozymandias, or perhaps both of them, have retconned history and the events to produce this inexcusable behavior from Professor Martin Stein and Firestorm. Now, there's already precedence in Doomsday Clock for wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey nonsense from Dr. Manhattan. There's been moments where he adjusted the timelines to produce different futures related to superheroes. We saw some stuff with the Legion of Superheroes where they got wiped out, stuff like that. So it's quite possible before the end of this miniseries that history will be put back on its proper track and Firestorm will end up being absolved. It also seems likely that DC would want to retcon away the Superman theory, that conspiracy theory going around, as it could really negatively impact many of their characters in the long term. Another way to look at this is there's also been other precedents in the story for misleading events, like this whole misdirection about the explosion of Moscow that was rigged to frame Firestorm. Well, it's possible turning the Russian civilians to glass was actually caused by someone other than Firestorm, which would make a lot of sense, since Firestorm's never used his power in that way previously. And there were scenes in issue number 8 suggesting that Ozymandias was orchestrating the entire Russian fiasco. Also, the flashback showing Professor Stein's evil plan to create Firestorm may have simply been a lie from Dr. Manhattan to manipulate Ronnie Raymond. In fact, that seems pretty likely to me. If so, both of these reveals would absolve Firestorm and Professor Stein. Now, the main villain of Doomsday Clock is likely either going to be Dr. Manhattan, Ozymandias, or even Lex Luthor. It makes sense if one of them manipulated Firestorm so that the general public and the other heroes would respond in a desired fashion. In that case, Firestorm wouldn't be a villain, but instead really be the unwitting pawn of the main antagonist. At the end of the day, did I enjoy reading these comics? No, not not really. Uh, what happened to Firestorm was pretty upsetting for me. However, was I intrigued by the developing story? Yes. Yes, I was. The next question is, is Firestorm ruined as a hero forever? Well, hopefully not. We'll have to wait and see. Now, keep in mind that Jeff Johns truly loves the character of Firestorm. He's mentioned his affection for the character in various interviews, and I doubt Johns is planning on turning Professor Martin Stein into DC's version of the ultimate Reed Richards. 
uh, also called The Maker. Personally, I wasn't a fan of John's retcon in the Brightest Day series, where Firestorm was uh, formed from the spark that triggered the Big Bang, the creation of the universe. With that said, I, I still believe that retcon was coming from Jeff John's love for the character. Uh, these events involving Firestorm and Doomsday Clock don't feel like they're coming from a place of love, which lends credence to my hope that these events are going to be undone. Something else to remember is Jeff John's stories often follow the idea of uh, sort of darkest before the dawn. Lots of dark, horrible, horrible things happen in Jeff John's stories, which then leads to a positive and uplifting ending. I hope that's the case with Doomsday Clock and for Firestorm. Let's all hope so. Now, assuming the Firestorm-related events are somehow undone, then no harm, no foul. If that's the case, then Doomsday Clock is a great exposure for the nuclear man in a very high-profile book. This might even begin to drum up some support for the character, which could lead to another ongoing series. If these plot threads are not undone, well, then sadly DC has lost their way with this character and forgotten what made Professor Martin Stein and Ronnie Raymond so wonderful together. Finally, these were just two issues in a larger story. Two issues that caused me to have an emotional reaction about my favorite character. Anytime a comic book affects me emotionally, whether it's for good or for bad, that's a credit to the book itself. I'd rather be passionate about a comic than apathetic. Therefore, I recommend personally that you go read these issues for yourself and form your own opinion. Personally, I look forward to reading the rest of Doomsday Clock. A little apprehensively, but I'm still looking forward to it. Well, folks, I would love to hear your thoughts on Doomsday Clock, specifically the stuff related to Firestorm. Please leave your thoughts in the comments here on fireandwaterpodcast.com. Go up to the Shows tab. Go to Aquaman and Firestorm. You'll see this mini episode. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Share that here or go over to firestormfan.com or leave your thoughts over there. That's going to do it for this short mini episode. I appreciate you tuning into this sort of, uh, I guess, news bulletin on, on recent comic book developments for Firestorm. Remember, as I said, go out to our website. You can also find us on social media. You can find the Fire and Water podcast network on facebook and twitter you can also find firestorm fan on facebook and twitter as well until next time folks remember fan the flame and ride the wave aquaman and firestorm fighting crime together soak them down or burn them up no one does it better whenever you find trouble Truth and justice and see a land in there. Aquaman and Firestorm, they make a super pair. Aquaman and Firestorm, super friends forever. Yeah.